0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: A.V. Seal, part of an elite team that faced danger ahead, on in some of the world's most treacherous places. Throughout my career, I encountered my fair share of perilous situations. So, our mission had taken us to the heart of war. Torn Iraq, deep into enemy territory. We were tasked with infiltrating an underground bunker, a mission shrouded in secrecy and danger. The atmosphere was tense as we descended into the depths of the Earth. Our training and camaraderie our only sources of comfort. As we navigated the labyrinthine corridors of the bunker, We had an unsettling feeling that we were not alone. It was as though an unseen presence lingered in the shadows, watching our every move. Our senses were heightened, and our instincts screamed danger. Then it happened. As we rounded a dimly lit corner, we came face to face with the inexplicable. Before us stood a humanoid figure, its form wavering as if it were composed of shifting shadows. It was roughly our height, with a slender, almost ethereal build. But what truly set it apart was its ability to become invisible at will. The creature's skin, if it could be called that, was a dark, otherworldly hue that seemed to absorb the very light around it. It had no discernible facial features, no eyes, nose, or mouth, just a featureless visage that filled us with dread. As the creature locked its invisible gaze upon us, panic rippled through our team. In the chaos that followed, we opened fire, bullets piercing the air where we believed our foe to be but the creature was elusive, darting in and out of sight, leaving us bewildered and disoriented. The battle that ensued was like nothing I had ever experienced. We fired blindly into the darkness, struggling to track the invisible enemy that moved with uncanny agility. It was as though we were fighting a ghost, a malevolent force that defied explanation. Minutes felt like hours as we engaged in this eerie standoff. Then, as quickly as it had appeared, the creature vanished. Our bullets struck nothing but air, and the oppressive sense of malevolence began to dissipate. We searched every inch of that bunker, our hearts heavy with the weight of what we had encountered, but there was no trace of the mysterious entity. It had simply vanished into thin air. "'leaving behind only a sense of unease "'that lingered in the corners of our minds. "'As we emerged from the underground darkness "'and reunited with our captain, "'we knew we had to share our harrowing tale. "'We recounted the events to him, "'each word weighed down by the gravity of our experience. "'But the captain's response was unexpected and chilling.' He instructed us to remain silent, to tell no one about what we had witnessed. His voice carried a weight of authority and fear that left us with no choice but to comply. On May 9th of this year, I went on a walk in a patch of woods near my house. In Northern Wisconsin with my dog and older sister, My father recently passed away, and to attempt to reconnect with my family, I took matters into my own hands and invited them all over for a week. Only my sister showed, and and I wasn't planning on anyone else showing. My sister has always been the stereotypical blue-haired short astrology girl and believes in everything you can think about. When we were twelve and fourteen, she took me to her friend's house to hunt a skinwalker that just turned out to be a stray dog. And since then we haven't done anything in the woods due to her sudden urge to stay inside and smoke pot for months. But that's beside the point. We were walking along a path around dusk and it started to get very cold. We decided that we should set up camp, as we are far too away from home, to not get back before 6 a.m. and don't feel like hanging out in darkness. After setting up a small fire and tent, she called it a night while I tended to the fire. Roughly two hours after she fell asleep, I went to relieve myself behind a large dead tree. After coming back to camp, I noticed that there was a foul, almost rotten smell around the camp. I reached for my bag to get some incense and realized my bag was missing. I panicked for a second until I saw it near the edge of the light made by the fire. Thinking nothing of it, I stood up, and as I walked toward my bag, I froze. My bag was being slowly dragged farther out of the light by a very pale, human-like hand. This hand was in no way human as I came to my senses and noticed the large claws and shiny, glass-like skin that seemed to be covered in a clear liquid. Who's there? Give me back my bag, I said while reaching for my pistol on my belt. Just as I fully unsheathed my pistol, the hand suddenly recoiled. However, now I could see a face, a large, terrifying face with milky white skin and eyes, with the bluest veins under the eyes. I saw that the thing's tongue was long and was the only thing moving other than the trees and the wind. Its antlers were black, like they were made of mold. I lost it. I shot the damn thing, and with the muzzle flash, I saw a massive, deer-like humanoid that must have been seven, eight feet tall. I fell to the ground, covering my ears as the creature let out a loud scream, sounding like a moose that had been shoved into a meat grinder alive. I came to my senses and saw the thing charge me. I froze as it just to the right of the tent and tipped it over. My sister was already awake at this point as the scream rose her. After what had to have been two hours of making the fire go from a small forge into a massive bonfire to illuminate the surrounding woods, eventually I fell asleep with my Glock 19 in my hands, which we itching to shoot anything that moved. I woke to my sister shaking me at what must have been 10 a.m. as the sun was already well in the sky. After getting our belongings, we began walking back to the house, checking our surroundings as we went. We didn't want that thing to follow us back to the house and torment us there. When we were able to see the light coming from my yard lights, which I forgot to turn off, I froze. On the top of my shed there was a gutted, what seemed to be a deer, without its hind legs. We dropped our stuff and ran to the house where we called the police. I got fined for wasting their time. I tried to forget this and move on with my life, but on the 19th of this month I saw that thing in my yard digging a hole while a dead deer was on its broad, pale, skinny shoulders. It was staring at me. It saw me. It saw me. I blinked and it was gone. I know what I saw. I need help. I have three guns in my home, not including my pistol, which I always have on me. Should I try to kill the thing, please help me. I was 18 years old and went on a fishing trip with my four friends, Jack, Zoe, Jocko, and Lex. We chose a fishing spot under a bridge about one mile away from any houses. The day started out fun, with everyone excited to go fishing and relax. We walked to the spot, passing squash fields along the main road, and grabbed a few as we went, along with some corn. We arrived at the fishing spot and spent a few hours fishing, enjoying the peacefulness of the surroundings. As it approached 9.30 p.m., things took a turn. Before I continue, I want to mention that one of my friends is a descendant of the Navajo tribe and believes in Druidic beliefs, while I personally identify as an atheist. Suddenly, we started hearing dogs barking in the distance as if a wild pack of dogs was nearby. However, the chances of that seemed unlikely, so we considered the possibility of coyotes. However, we soon realized that coyotes don't bark like that. They yip instead. The paranoia started to settle in, and we contemplated the idea of walking the eight miles back and drowning our worries in a bottle of rum at my friend's house. As we made our way back a quarter of the way there, my Navajo friend abruptly stopped in the middle of the road. His expression changed from concern to sheer fear. I approached him, curious about what had caught his attention, and he grabbed my wrist, pointing my hand out towards the fields. There I saw it, a pair of eyes staring back at me, their size resembling footballs. My friend and I silently agreed to keep this sighting between us. We didn't want to freak everyone else out and risk getting separated, so we picked up the pace, forcing the others to follow along. Halfway back to my friend's house, we passed by a white farmhouse with a cornfield across from it. Suddenly it felt like a plane buzzed by and a 40-yard trail of destruction was left in the cornfield. Something had crashed through it, and to add to the chaos, we still heard the dogs following us. As we finally arrived at my friend's house, we pulled out a 12-gauge shotgun and a bottle of rum. We sat on the porch, on high alert, in the distance. We could hear the same dogs that had been following us earlier, whining as if they were upset with us. As the night progressed, I found myself having night terrors, a combination of fear and alcohol-induced dreams. It was certainly an unforgettable experience at my buddy's house, to say the least. I've always loved the solitude and tranquility of the wilderness being a park ranger stationed near yosemite national park i had grown accustomed to the sights and sounds of nature but recently something had changed the local wildlife especially the bears started displaying bizarre and aggressive behavior it was as if they were becoming more territorial and predatorial i couldn't ignore the signs any longer one evening while on a routine patrol a pungent odor filled the air. It was a foul stench that lingered and seemed out of place in this pristine wilderness. My curiosity got the better of me and I decided to follow the source of the smell. I trekked through the dense forest flashlight in hand until I reached a small clearing and there amidst the towering trees I saw it A creature unlike anything I had ever encountered. It stood on two legs, its darkish figure towering over any man I had ever seen. It was a formidable sight, and an overwhelming sense of threat washed over me. As I shone my flashlight on it, I caught a glimpse of its eyes shining an eerie blue in the beam. Time seemed to stand still as it locked its gaze upon me. I could feel the primal fear coursing through my veins. Suddenly, the creature turned its attention to a bear that had wandered into the clearing. To my shock, it attacked the bear with brute force, overpowering the creature effortlessly. The scene unfolded before my eyes, a surreal clash between two powerful animals, In a split second, I realized I was witnessing a battle between the creature and the very bear that had been displaying such aggressive behavior. Instinct took over and I raised my rifle, aiming carefully at the creature. I squeezed the trigger, and the gunshot echoed through the forest. The creature let out a bone-chilling scream, but instead of falling, it turned and vanished into the depths of the woods, leaving the lifeless, bare carcass behind. I stood there, heart-pounding, my mind racing to comprehend what had just transpired. Had I truly encountered a creature believed to be nothing more than a fiction, was it a Bigfoot? The evidence before me made it hard to deny. Days turned into weeks. The once aggressive wildlife seemed to settle down, their behavior returning to normal. I couldn't help but wonder if my encounter with the creature had somehow restored the natural balance. As time went on, no further reports of aggressive wildlife surfaced. The forest returned to their peaceful state, and I began to believe that the creature I had encountered was indeed the cause of the turmoil. It seemed that by confronting and injuring it, I had put an end to him. But I still wonder, was this a Sasquatch? April 2008 at the time, I was an officer with the city of the Moore Police Department. It was around 11 and my partner and I were patrolling near the area around Northwest 19th Street, responding to several calls of screams and an abandoned meat packaging plant. This plant had closed down about 20 years earlier. We never found anything but thought it could have just been teenagers trying to get in trouble. After we investigated all around the plant, not finding anything, we headed back, getting ready to close up the investigation. As we're walking back up, we noticed something large moving behind a chain-link fence, pulling in our flashlights, pointing it toward where we saw movement. That's when we saw it. It jumped off one of the walls on top of the buildings, crouching down, looking at us, it did not look like any animal known here on earth it had dark grayish skin with large black eyes small fangs sticking out of its mouth and this white hair running down its jawline with muscular arms almost touching the ground it looked like a cross between a bat and a human and it quickly turned jumping off the building onto another running across it and disappearing over a large stack of old wooden planks. My partner looked at me like I was crazy and I told him what I saw. He said it couldn't be real and that I was pranking him. But when we got back in our cars, ready to leave, we noticed there was also a small hole in the fencing where something had apparently tried to dig into the ground underneath. As we drove out of there, my partner just seemed to get lost somewhere between his thoughts and fear while looking to me for answers. We searched the perimeter in the surrounding area more, but found nothing, ultimately continuing on with our ship, After we were off duty, we went to O'Malley's Bar and Grill about an hour away near Norman, Oklahoma, and we had a few drinks. Not sure if it was the liquor speaking, but as we talked more after a few beers, he admitted that he had seen the same thing, too. Just before I called him over to help, he tells me that it reminded him of this vampire entity that would visit him as a child every night and terrify him. He claims it would jump from his closet into his bedroom, growl at him, threaten to hurt him and his family, He then describes the same look we saw that night at the plant, the dark gray skin and fangs. But he still denies that this thing was real, and that it didn't even exist. When we finished up our beers, we went back to Moore and started our normal routine. This is something that will always stick with me.
0: That's Stamps.com. Code program.
1: Background story. This takes place at my buddy's house deep in the woods. He has a lot of outside dogs. We live in Southern Maryland, so I've already crossed out the possibility that it was a skinwalker. So it's about 2.30 in the morning, and my friend's dogs start going absolutely crazy. So me and my friend peek our heads out his window, and to the right we see this tall moose thing with no flesh on its face. It was just straight skull. There's no moose in Maryland. The moose walks behind a tree and disappeared after we yelled at it. Me and my buddy run outside to where it was, and there wasn't a single track or sign that anything was even there, but we know what we saw. A few years later, I was out hunting with a friend when we lost legal light, so we hiked back to the truck and hit the road in his parents' new Ford half-ton, the ones with the sensors, all over the vehicle. We had some music playing as we were just heading back towards town again. When the music started acting weird and cutting in and out was static, so me being in the passenger seat disconnected the Bluetooth and reconnected the phone. Music cleared up and we continued down the road. We got up to the kilometer board on the road that my previous encounter took place and I mentioned, Oh hey, that's the whistle block that we logged a couple years back. Half jokingly because I couldn't make heads or tails of it, my friend replied. Grey, uh, Thanks for that. As I had told him the story before, we continued slowly driving down the road because it gets pretty rough in a couple spots and the road has a few sharp turns and an S-bend. Well, he we go about a kilometer further and the music starts screeching and doing what we can only describe as alien noises. So I disconnect the Bluetooth again and my friend says... Oh, Mom's got a cord in here. So he stops and gets the cord for me. I plug the phone in and play music again. Another kilometer down the road and the phone goes apeshit. I mean loud alien squealing and sound similar to that shitty dial-up internet noise from the 90s. We had started into the S-bend when this was happening, and we shut the music off completely as we are driving still, making the one half of the S-turn, and then we both look up from the music deck or screen, and the headlight illuminate a figure standing in the middle of the road. So we swerve and take the ditch, a bit still going, probably thirty kilometers an hour, and get the truck back up on the road. We continue coasting down the road, as we are both in awe after just seeing a flash of this thing. I finally say, after what seemed like five quiet minutes, Man, did you just see! My friend cuts me off and says, AF skeleton in the middle of the road. I say, Yeah, like a white rib cage and a deer skull for a face. He finishes. I said, Turn around, what the f was that? Does someone need our help? Not thinking that we are in the middle of nowhere, with no vehicles around or any that we had passed from other hunters, it was early season and no one bow hunts here, anyways, my friend said, I'm not turning around. I feel sick, like I'm going to throw up. And he continued driving. We didn't see another vehicle until we hit pavement again. It was taller than the pickup by easily a couple feet. I'm six feet one, and my forehead is at the top of the window for reference. It is black surrounding the white of the bones, with long arms half-stretched to its sides, as if it was saying, try and hit me. I watched this thing past the passenger window and stared up at it as we wailed by it, and it was definitely three-dimensional, tall with long arms and dark, dead-looking, like light was sucked into it without reflecting anything. Hard to explain. When we hit service again, my friend received a text message from his mother saying, "'What did you two idiots hit in my brand-new truck?' I guess the new Ford send near-accident reports to the owner when the sensors pick up something. I'm an old-school Chevy guy, so I don't know how. The only thing I can find online that resembles what we both saw is a Wendigo without the antlers. Or the headlights didn't illuminate them anyway. My fiancé's farm has had a problem with whatever it is for years. However, it really hadn't been an issue as much as a presence, like having a cougar on your land. You know, it's there and could attack at any second. But it just doesn't. Our home is old, by the way. Very old, and two of the beams in the basement are made up of giant logs that may have come from the woods behind the field. So anyways, the first time its presence was seen, I was on the phone with my guy and he was sitting in his mom's car at night. We were teenagers then. That's when he noticed in this admittedly really odd-looking twisted tree that's outside a creature that was large and in his words looked like a man becoming a beast. He carefully, calmly got out of the car and hurried inside. It didn't seem to notice him. There's still claw marks on the tree, not bear-like or cat-like. I looked up the area, and back then, Google's so messed up now I can no longer find it, that a Wendigo king has the hunting ground of the entire length of the creek that is down the road. It was this time of year, and he said when he saw it, he heard laughter and war drums. Then I moved here years later. One night I saw what I thought was a red reflector by our mailbox. I was confused about who put that there. It hadn't been that morning. As I turned my headlights towards the box to better see, the red circle suddenly pulled back into the massive field across the street. As our friend and I got out of the car, he said he saw something that wasn't an animal standing in the field. We hurried inside. This was autumn. The next autumn I was driving home alone and saw that same red reflector bobbing across the street. When I approached, it suddenly whipped around like a startled animal and the light zoomed back into the field. I refused to leave the truck without someone coming for me. I should add, I've seen that same light pacing the upstairs of the barn through the window. Next time was during the 4th of July, and we were having a small party, and had the barn door open. When dusk began, I saw it, giant, maybe as big as a horse. It looked like a man with no hair, grayish-purple, I suppose frostbitten-colored skin, naked, incredibly skinny as though it has no organs, a big grin on its face which seemed to be either because its lips were forcibly pulled back over its mouth or perhaps it had no lips or cheeks, big hands and feet and no antlers, walking into the barn like a wolf. Reminded me of something out of Bloodborne. Its eyes were black at the moment. I told my guy and he didn't believe me as I was begging him to help me close the barn. There's openings in the back it could leave from, but the door being open didn't feel right after that. Then his great aunt asked, did anyone see that little girl go into the barn? It's well known by our family that a ghost of a small girl in white roams the farm and is well liked by us. He immediately agreed after that. Then nothing more. Occasionally I feel something reach out for me as I walk around at night. But I've read about Ws when I was young and there's many spiritual things about me that seem to keep me safe. Regardless, I carry a buck knife when I travel at night just in case I have to defend myself. But then his mom left. His mom is very unhealthy and gluttonous in every form. Over two years without her, and our farm was peaceful. We had been caring for his grandfather, who always said something dark followed him around. And in the last week of his life, weird things kept happening. Then he died suddenly, and nobody knows why. I had stated earlier that month that the more his mom was showing up again and the more we cleaned up and worked on the farm, the angrier something seemed to get. In fact, a few weeks before something grabbed onto my guy's father in the barn and make horrible screeches when he put up the mower after dark. There was also one night the barn got left open by him. And as we were headed inside we heard the neighbors screaming but my guy assured me that he hears them do that every few months however while the men sound like they're getting murdered the woman always sounds fake but i always hated their house because turkey vultures obsessively circle their plot like a lot sometimes 20. so then two nights ago my guy had to help his mom who's now situated herself in his grandma's home like the parasite she is, for almost two weeks. Things had been feeling peaceful and earlier that day. I had been hoping that Grandpa captured the creature inside his body and it was going to be killed when he got cremated. Well, then they heard the lady neighbor screaming. Repeatedly, inhumanly. From our pond. Before that, they thought they heard a sound like a cat growl as well. Well, now his dumb mother is going around personifying it as she, and saying she's a witch, but that she's nice and spoke to her, and she don't mean no harm. I've been a practicing white witch my whole life. That is an evil spirit. She's a fool." Furthermore, as she was blabbing that to my boyfriend's sister, who was driving home at night, a deer suddenly exploded out of nowhere and destroyed her car. This sister was wanting to inherit the land around the pond. Mid-May, we had also had a deer jump in front of us so fast it seemed impossible. Biggest deer I'd ever seen and impossibly beautiful looking. Thankfully, many people stayed with us while the cops got there. But ever since she had been visiting the last month, worse and worse things have been happening. Which brings me to today. To me myself. My guy was gone early today to help his uncle out. I was sleeping alone for the first time in months. I had a nightmare. It was that you sent me home from the food pantry because you had more stuff to do. But it was night, so I parked near next door because the food was for them and got out. And suddenly your mom came out from behind the house and was talking to me, and I was just trying to get done quickly. But then I realized the whole time she was over, I couldn't quite make out her face. So I started turning my flashlight onto her, and your mom was like, Oh, honey, now you don't want to do that. And when I did, it was like seeing a refracted shadow, like behind this vague silhouette was the appearance of your mom's hair and hands and feet, but the shadow was in front with this incomplete appearance of her in the back. And when I realized what it was, my heart stopped and I started slowly backing up to their porch as this terrifyingly powerful man's voice said, you don't want to do that before my head erupted with terrifying music and that voice laughing maniacally, enough to drive someone insane. But I kept continually calmly going to the porch as I began to forcibly pray and say in the name of God, and Jesus leave me alone and Christ compels you and all that stuff. This is what I'd text him. It was horrifying, and I could sense it didn't want to devour me. It wanted to keep me. I said I was a practicing witch, but I also have been confirmed as a Catholic, and I have a belief that's parts of every old religion and some of my own beliefs that I've formed from things I've been witness to. I woke feeling like something was at my back, but my oldest cats were laying on me. defensively. They're all still laying in bed with me and hadn't really in a long time. As I tried to get back to sleep, I prayed for my home and family to be kept safe, for positive energy to cover the land, and for evil spirits to be cast off of our land, over and over and over, until I finally fell back to sleep and had no more dreams. I have the most knowledge of mythical beings. I sing many songs while I work outside, including Cherokee songs. I work the land the old-fashioned way. I respect the land. Animals love me. And I've always felt that my soul is very, very old, like it's been recycled for many lives. People always have called me a god, sin as well, because I'm at the right place at the right time to help. I don't quite know what it wanted of me, but it didn't work because I'd previously been visited in my dreams many times by a demon who insisted my soul belonged to him, only for me to deny him each time, this being when I was only a teenager. What I need is help to keep it off our land. At this rate, my guy's mom is going to be killed by it or bring it closer to us all with her horrific miasma of an aura. I was already planning on planting sage and smudging the house as well. I've previously done so before, but if there's anything else we can do, I'd appreciate it, any help at all. And I also know its hunting ground is indeed as vast as the creek is because a co-worker who lives at the other end We're near one ending point. Caught it on video when he was walking at night and showed me. Its eyes looked like the red reflector I kept seeing. It seems to like to rest in our barn. But it's always been that we leave it be and it leaves us be. Please help. I downloaded the app so I can easily check back. Only serious answers, please. I know there are skeptics to many things. I respect everyone's opinions and personal beliefs, but this is very serious. Also, I should add that as far as I know, there are no reservations around here at all, but that his great-grandfather was part Native American. Don't know what tribe. Thank you for any assistance. This has been over the course of roughly ten years, by the way. When I was younger, my parents were stationed off the Queen, Charlotte Islands, in the Canadian Navy. They used to take me out with them on the boat and stuff when I was younger, so I saw tons of killer whales and all that neat stuff. My father and his Navy friends had a game when they were far out into the ocean, where they would swim under their ship from one side to the other. It was uneventful and not that dangerous as the ships weren't massive warships. Anyways, one time they're all doing it. My dad goes under, comes up laughing. A few people go. Then his friend goes. His friend comes up, says nothing sits down white as a ghost. He explains that while he was under the boat, he opened his eyes and saw an incredibly large shadowed figure moving directly under him. Not a whale or any kind of animal, and he was genuinely terrified. He spent his whole life on the ocean and has never seen anything close to what he saw. From then on, I believe he was transferred inland as he had a strong phobia of deep, dark water.